Back straights, back. All right. <laughs> All right, we are back on Sidious Mag Live, presented by ASICS. Uh, we've been, uh, this morning was the Media 800. How did the spikes feel? Oh, man. I mean, I, I ran faster than last year. When there I, you go. So it was a fun race, felt good, looked good, <laughs> exhausted now, but... Hey, you know, they worked. Kitted us up. Looked yeah. good. Ran okay. I ran. <laughs> I ran well. You actually ran way better. Yeah, yeah. I think I tied my PR, which, yeah. is, which is very exciting. So thanks to Asics for their support of all of our coverage of the World Championships. They've got tons of athletes out here. Actually, I just got word that we might be getting a, one of their big ones tomorrow. Mr. Fred Curley may be stopping by. So name dropping. Yeah, if now you've been watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really hope he shows up. But right now we are joined by the Backstreet Boys, Jody and Bayo. Hi. I've been waiting for this collab, and you know, it's kind of been. What was really funny is when we were walking to the stadium, we were like, "This is the first time we've met in person, right?" We've known you, and this is the thing, isn't it? Like, especially nowadays, everything's online, everything's on Twitter. We've been talking to you for probably. Eight years? Ten years, <laughs> ten years, I think. I think like 2013, around that time, is when we probably started following each other. And yeah. it was like we were on the tram um, on the way, so, and I was like, that's Chris. <laughs> so you obviously that's him. That's him. <laughs> I thought he was taller in person. <laughs> but, we were, but we were also all on the wrong tram, weren't we? So yeah, we had to bond over getting lost. <laughs> it's an ongoing issue. Huh? <laughs> it's not that far to the stadium, but we can't But there was a there. B. It was the 2B tram. We just yeah. needed the 2. It's so. been so confusing. It's not as easy as New York. So for you guys, first... Sorry, it's well, much easier than New York. York. No, it's not. <laughs> New York, Paris is the worst, but New York is not a not a good transport system. Sorry, oh, it makes no know. sense. It's all we know. <laughs> it makes no sense. You have fast trains. You the have times I've got on a train and ended up in completely the wrong place yeah, in New York. Yeah, <laughs> and we have rats. So <laughs> there's that. There's that too. But for you guys, first world champs that you're attending in, in ten years, right? So. D- uh, we did what well, was as in London. media, right? As media, yeah. It was in London um, in 2017. That's right. Uh, we did go. We didn't. I don't think we even applied for media, did we? Can't remember. Um, but we didn't. In in London, we always have this thing. We have great championships in in, in Britain, mm-hmm. but they always do a lottery for the tickets. Now, us hardcore, you know, fans, we want seats on the finishing line. I don't care how much I pay. You know, we, we will have those tickets. You couldn't do that in London. It was a lottery. You could get certain. Seatings when you, you know, certain days and certain You didn't sessions. even know sometimes what seat you were going to yeah. get. And we're like, absolutely so not. We decided we weren't going to go. That oh, show and them. that showed them. <laughs> yeah. It's like Southwest Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just get there and hope you get a good seat, I guess. So we, um, we went to a couple of, couple of sessions. Yeah, we we? But this is the first one, first world championships we've been to since 2013. Yeah. We've done loads of Europeans, Commonwealth, World Indoors, everything. Yeah, everything but, um, sometimes an actual world championships... You kind of want to watch at home. Yeah. Because you just, you know, as we've all been here, it's been amazing. This has been such a brilliant, brilliant championships. But I don't know what's going on. <laughs> not, I can't keep up with my Twitter feed either. But you do want to watch the TV broadcast yeah. after and like digest I want, You it. want a phone and a laptop and two screens, you know, and your friends on Twitter letting you know what's going on. Um, when you're here. Also, when you're here, and you know this better than anybody, like we're down often in the media zone. Yeah. There's one TV which you can't see because everyone's stood in front of it. It smells awful. It's disgusting. It's so hot. It's so hot. <laughs> it's only getting worse. Athletes. <laughs> Athletes come through 
I don't even know what happened. And that's why, you know, my pet hate is journalists who ask, how did that go? Yeah. Because it's not a question, right? It's a really bad question. The reason we ask that is because we've no clue. <laughs> Catch me up. We've no clue what just happened. I once overheard an, an, an American guy, it was in, in Moscow, and he was from like the Idaho press or something. He'd somehow wangled like this some accreditation to Moscow. And he was doing it just for himself. And he was stood next to me the whole time. He kept asking questions because he didn't really know what he was doing. And at one point, this American athlete came past him and he said, Head. Oh, sorry, that was a terrible American accent. <laughs> yeah. We all do our British accents. <laughs> he, he said, how did that go? And she went, I came last. <laughs> she said, I kind of walked off. And I've always been scared of asking that question ever since. Because, like, I do find myself pulling up my phone and like trying yeah, to refresh. Yeah, that, really in a, in a bad panic, right? <laughs> Although we, we crashed the World Athletics website yesterday. Yes. So, many, <laughs> so many people were tuned fault? in. But yeah, I, I just kept refreshing, refreshing. refreshing. <laughs> no, I think it's Shakari's fault. <laughs> like, for the, they've never expected to have that many people check Checking results yeah. at one mm -hmm. time and the, the site tanked. That's yeah. not an official World Athletics stance no, but that's on what that's happened. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that is a stance. So in 2009, the IWF, which was what World Athletics was previously <laughs> known by. Well, unfortunately, we still call them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It slips up every now and then. Named yeah. you guys the best athletics fans in the world. Uh, the most famous. The most famous. famous. I mean, they're okay. Come on. They're not the but, best. But, but also, the best. Is there, was there a lot of competition? <laughs> but there's actually a funny story behind that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, IWF as they were then, they had asked us to come and do some interviews in the mix zone. We were kind of the first people ever to be in a mix zone with our cameras, um, filming the athletes for like social media. It used to go, I think, on our blog and on YouTube and Athletics Weekly, not so Athletics Weekly, sorry, World Athletics would use it for the Spikes magazine, wasn't yep. it? So the online version of Spikes magazine. So they asked us to come over and do that. We'd already bought our tickets. We bought really expensive tickets, like right by the finish line. They asked us to come, handed us a VIP pass and basically just put Usain Bolt in front of us or come on, you're interviewing Red David Rudisha, you know? And we were kind of completely, completely thrown, but it was the best, the, yeah. the best championships we've ever been to. I'm totally sorry, I've forgotten your original question. No, why, why are we the, why are we the most famous? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, okay. It's really cool to hear that like you guys were the first day walk so we could run the Yeah, yeah. thank you yeah. for setting the stage. But what happened one day, they said to us, come into town and we're gonna do a panel in one of the like fan zones or something. It was, uh, uh, like beneath the Brandenburg gate. This yeah. is some kind of event and you come down and we're like, I think okay. it was Jonah Hayes was gonna interview yeah. us, wasn't it? So we said, you're gonna be on stage in front of a crowd and you'll be interviewed as the world's most famous athletics fans. That's what they called us. Which we thought was hilarious and so we get there and we go into that the call room behind and there's me and Jody and Frankie Fredericks <laughs> and Heike Dreschler and Anna Kiro <laughs> And, and like, then we got dragged on stage with Michael Johnson. With Michael Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? You know, we in front of like a thousands of fans. Like, oh, it's just. And here they are, the world's most famous <laughs> athletics fans. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like we don't have a mascot. <laughs> so you like them, everyone. So, like, we do still use that on social, but it's like it, for us, it's a joke, right? So yeah, I yeah, hope yeah. people don't take us seriously when we've written that. Well, like, this is 2009. It's it, like, exactly. As if it was like Miss. World 2000. <laughs> <laughs> it had me wondering, like, when's the last time they awarded that <laughs> title? Why haven't we but won? I think it's like winning the Olympics, like you're forever Olympic champion. Yeah. You know when people say past Olympic champion, former, yeah. former Olympic champion, there's no, no such no thing. Such yeah. thing. Yeah. So uh, we claim that title and we're gripping hold of it. <laughs> That's right. That would be such a good award to give out every single <laughs> like, totally. year. Totally. I think like last year you give it to the Norwegian guy. Yeah, like the Norwegian guy. At yeah. the World Championships. And like every year, yeah, you find great fans. So for our American followers who maybe aren't super familiar, can you give us like a little origin story and how this whole thing started? 
how our love track, uh, we always say athletics, <laughs> but we're not allowed to, track and field, how our love of track and field started. Yeah, and then I guess also the media side, yeah, cool. and the podcast, I mean the podcast. Oh, of course, the podcast. Yeah. So, so I don't know, our 10th birthday cake was in the shape of an athletics track. So my mum made it and it was little matchstick people and she did a pole, pole vault, vault and, and like stuff like that. So that was a uh, long time ago. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know specifically. Um, I think, um, especially in the 80s in the UK, football was like the predominant, what, soccer is the predominant sport. <laughs> you keep asking <laughs> to translate for them. <laughs> and still is the predominant sport. Like but the in the 80s, it was very, very, very aggressive and masculine. There was riots every weekend. Uh, British clubs weren't allowed to play in Europe because they were always rioting and people were getting killed. It was really crazy. And I guess as a counter to that, we went to a sport that's a lot more attractive. <laughs> like, you know, there was, um, to this day, I think the, the love of athletics is that there is something for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're five foot tall or seven foot tall. There's an event for you, you know, from every part of the world. It's possibly the, the main sport that's got complete mixed genders. You know, there's something for everybody. So we, that obviously we were attracted to that when we were young. And we were very obsessive about it when we were young. I mean, But it was also really high profile in the UK. Yes, that's you know, true. Because we had really you, big... You can't understand. You know, when you come to Europe as Americans, it's a whole different ballgame, isn't it? You know, yep. we... Um, as it's it's a big big sport here, and it's one of the big sports in, in Britain. It's not as big as you know football, which never will be, but it's still a very big sport. And if you are a top ranked um, world Olympic champion in Britain, you are one of the most famous people in the country. You know, well, if you world athletics just had that publication come out where they they counted how many articles and coverage every country had. GB was way out in front. Really? Uh, really? Like you guys are covering really? the sport yeah. more. Okay. <laughs> the US way down the list is us. But it's also when you go to a championship, other than the like host country, it's almost always more British fans in a stadium yeah. than in the other yeah. country. So as in when we were kids, you know, we had Seb Coe and Daley Thompson and Steve Cram and Fatty with Red Tessa Sanders and all these big, big stars. And I think from there it just kind of started. But we just didn't just follow it a bit we became yeah. very very obsessive we remember this is I, i'm so proud of us still about this <laughs> when we were like kids like 13 14 we used to go to um crystal palace which was the big athletic stadium in britain and we would go we wanted to meet all the big athletes so we would go very early you would, there was a swimming pool that was adjoined to it we'd pay to go swimming we didn't even have a swimming kit with us we just <laughs> used to pretend we'd pay like two pounds or something to go swimming <laughs> we then sneak round the back onto like the warm-up area just stand there and meet athletes. But we'd be very, very quiet, stand in the corner, and then some big athlete would come past. We'd say, excuse me, can I have a photo? And then we'd go back, and we just got away with it. We did it for years, didn't we? So from a very early age, we were like, we were always going to be like proper obsessive fans. And then obviously later, we started going to lots of meetings. And when we first started going, we were the same age as a lot of the athletes. So the first time we ever went abroad was 97, 98, the St. Petersburg, what was then the European Cup. And we got to this, this crazy hotel in St. Petersburg, and that's a strange that's, place. That 2,000 yeah. rooms or something. <laughs> it had, it, it had um, like seven restaurants. It had a bowling alley and a disco in the basement. <laughs> and all the, all the British athletes thought we were from the French team. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, they'd never seen us do sport. But, like, they, so, but we like, ended up making friends with all of them. And like, for the next 10 years, we knew all of the athletes. So we used to go to all the meetings. And then back in London, what we do day to day is um, I'm a, we're casting directors. We've got a model agency, an acting agency. So everything to do with casting and advertising and model scouting, we scout models. Um, I was on a TV show in, in the UK, um, which was a scouting show, which is like scouting models all over the, all over the country. And Ernie Obeng, who used to be head of like 
TB rights or communications communication or something something for for World Athletics, who we knew because he was a sprinter. He was actually from Ghana, but he ran in in the, I think he lived in the UK um, in the the 80s. So we knew who he was anyway. We were at an event, I'm going to say it was a World Cup in Stuttgart or something. Something something, something random. And he said, I've just seen, who are you? (laughs) And we're like, what do you mean? He said, because I see you at every athletics meeting. You don't look like all the other fans. And I've just seen you on TV. So what are you, and I'm like, well, we just love athletics. He said, well, do you want to come and do some interviews for World Athletics? And we're like, yeah, (laughs) you would. You didn't have to ask twice. No, exactly. So that's how it started. And that was 2009 was the first time we did stuff for them. So we did stuff for World Athletics for a few years. Um, It was a fun thing to do, but also we're fans. So what we really want to do is sit in the stadium and watch sport. But when you're downstairs all the time, and it was, you know, we're working on behalf of them. You have to interview this person. We're like... This isn't for us. And there was, you know, there were some other... <laughs> we won't go into all of it. Right now, but there, there, there was some other stuff. There were some other reasons. Check our social I read the blog. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and um, so we became out of favour with World Athletics. But that's fine. We'll just do it we for ourselves. We got drops like a hot potato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they came back. They right? came back, yeah. They came back. Um, they had so, a great moment at the Tokyo Olympics. And yeah. All that. yeah. So, um, so we just thought, listen, we love doing this. We love going to the athletics, but we love chatting to athletes. And athletes like chatting to us because we don't have an agenda. We don't have an editor telling us we've got to get a headline or you know we've got nobody backing us we're just doing this for fun we also know what we're talking about a lot of um track um journalists it's not their primary understandably you know maybe there's not enough money to be made of full-time track journalists all the time so a lot of them do other sports and then they come into this and they know a bit about enough to interview people right they follow 80 percent of the year exactly and that's perfectly fine but like athletes would come to us and we'd be asking them like the minutiae, you know, and they'd be like, oh yeah. God, you've done your homework. Yeah. And we were like, we haven't really done our homework. <laughs> <laughs> we just watch it properly, yeah. you know, we just watch it a lot. Um, and so it got really, um, it became really clear quite um, quite soon, you know, that people liked talking to us. We were friends with a lot of the athletes. We were nearer their, we're no longer nearer their age, but at the, begin, at the beginning <laughs> we were nearer their age and we kind of had a, a really good rapport with them, you know, in a way that some of the older yeah, well, that, like that's a big. <laughs> this in, is us. Yeah, it's us. I mean, like, there's a in the U.S. We're trying to make a bigger initiative for sure in terms of just like changing what that mix zone looks like sometimes for the athletes, and like that's important. Uh, it's important work to just like if you look around, like it's not the same old white guys who've been covering the sport for. 30 plus years. I mean, like, granted, respectfully, they do good work. And there's Un- a place for that. But I think, like, we also just need the younger voices, the black women in well, this the, space. Bayo <laughs> and I were talking about this this morning. Yeah. And I said, the, the, the women in, because there's no, there's never any women anyway, right? Yeah. And there's there's one, in the media 800, there's one women's heat, and then there's 10, 11 yeah. men's heat. And there's certainly historically been no black women, and often w- there's not many black people at all. And, right. and when we started, all the mainstream journalists hated us. Hated, hated us. Like us. literally would go make complaining about us, saying, what are you doing here? You're not athletes, you're fans. We're like, yeah, exactly. Caitlin. That's why we're here. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what that's what we were saying. How brilliant it has been at these championships to see you there, to see inside track there, to see um, um there. T- yeah, yeah. Th- like you've changed the game. Just just you three being there, or four, this four in, in our little corner, right? And what's happened is people have and in and also in the press conferences, 
with like we went to the original press conference at the start of these championships with Seb Co and the meet you know the chairman and that and we often don't ask questions because we our main thing is the podcast it's the Backstreet Boys podcast so me asking a question in a press conference is not much use because we don't it's just not we relevant can't, we can't use it no, it's right. not really usable so they were everyone was asking these boring questions like so boring and um, afterwards somebody with Seb said to us why don't you guys ever ask a question. And we're like, please ask a question because we're sick of these repetitive <laughs> questions, right? And that was, we were like, why don't we ask questions? And it feels like we've been doing this for a long time. And even still, we sometimes feel like we don't belong. And the fact that you, you ladies at the time have taken your space, asked questions when, that needed to be asked, and put other people on notice yeah. that things are changing. And there is this weird dimension in the mix zone this it's week. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Well, and that's because, of, that's because of the, these ladies. Something has shifted. The new, um, the new generation are coming. Yeah. Um, we are probably of the older generation. <laughs> we're, 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 it's we're, with the we're in the middle. We're in the middle. You're in the same category in as spirit, us. We're the younger. <laughs> yeah, spirit, we're the younger. Yeah. But it's been really, really interesting. And I think that people, uh, world athletics are having to take notice because it can't carry on what it is. And it's nothing to, this is nothing against the people who've been doing their jobs and doing them well for years, but space they don't connect yes. with the athletes in the way that you're going to need to in this new digital media age. You know? But instead of standing around bitching about it, <laughs> has anyone come up to you and said, hi, has anyone offered you a job? We've been here for 14 years and no one's ever asked. Like, we, you know, every now and then someone wants us to do something for free. But like, you know what? But that's fine with us also. You know, we like, we, well, we have, have, we have full-time jobs. We have full-time we run businesses, yeah. right? This is fun for us and we don't really want to do, we don't really want to be paid for it because then we have <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> Whenever anyone asks us to do something, we're a bit like, oh God, do we have to? Um, <laughs> it's, we don't want that responsibility because then it takes the fun out of it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a very weird dynamic and I was meant to, I was, sorry, we're talking over Caitlin here. Caitlin yeah. Hutchison is yeah. in the room <laughs> for <laughs> those Bio, listeners at home. Bayo and I said, when we get to the stadium today, we need to speak to those ladies yeah. and just- We're, we're gathering you together for a pep talk, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I look, I'm a diehard track fan and I appreciate the journalists asking the hard questions, but I also think that there is an element of having fans, whatever the hell we are, <laughs> in, in the, the mix zone as well, because the ability to see a familiar face, someone that you're comfortable with, someone who you know isn't going to maybe like try to capitalize on a really difficult moment, that also gets and elicits a different response that is important and valuable. And then you also do need someone to ask the really hard doping question. It's that balance, and I think they can coexist. I also do think that it's not just on the media. I think that athletes have to understand that these guys, even if we're saying things are going to change, they do have a job to do, and they have a difficult job, and they're getting it in the ear from their organizations who do need a headline. We do want to keep you know, track. It can't just be on social media. Yeah. It does need to be on broadsheets. It does need to be on television. They do have a different a different point of view and a different demographic that they're aiming yeah. to. So I do think that athletes have to give them a bit of a break as well and understand where they're coming from. I think it's incumbent on both sides to give and take a little bit. Definitely. That's an important point too, because you, you see that sometimes athletes, you know, you just had the most difficult moment and you want to have a little bit of time to process yeah. before you get a a camera shoved in your face. And we've seen that this championships already. And so it's like, how do you give someone enough time to process, but then also allow them to make a statement. And maybe that isn't a five minute interview with really, really tough questions, but make a statement to the press. And then if you are more comfortable talking to someone who you're familiar with, then you can also get additional information there. What often happens, which people wouldn't know, you know, watching it is when you're in a mix zone, someone will stop, say they just stop for 
myself and Jody. That often happens. Someone who, you know, we know will start for us. Then I go to start my question and suddenly I have, not joking, 20, yes. 30 people behind me all shoving either cameras or phones. And then you, you the onus is on you to have a And also we're going to ask something. We're not going to ask the deep question, no. right? So, yeah. And then so, there's this pressure from all of these people behind us, like tutting that we're asking some trivial questions. Yeah. But it's, it's really nerve wracking for you when you've got, if I'm just having a chat with someone, fine. If I'm having a chat with someone and there's like 30 people behind spectators. me. Spectators. Spectators, yeah. Actually what I'm doing, it throws but you. Disdain, completely. Disdainful, disdainful spectators. Disdainful spectators, well. but also think of the person you're, interviewing who came up to have a chat with me who they know and suddenly they're surrounded by a whole lot of people they maybe didn't want to talk to you don't see that side the people the viewers they only see the, the athlete maybe not giving a great interview but that's because there's a whole row of people yeah. in front of them like i got a little heated about this at the u.s championships at one point this year they had a, a basically like a creator zone so you came through and you did the more traditional press and then in the back room they had a creator zone and when Shakari finished her race and won she went and she spoke with t only one to speak t. with t yeah. that's fine and then all of the traditional journalists who were complaining about the existence of the creator zone then run into the other room to try to you know steal the interview yeah and i was just like guys like that's not the point of all of this and clearly you should respect her desire to only speak with t and it's just a disaster and sometimes i feel like i i wonder if your average fans who are not in the mix zone even care about this. And maybe we're just talking about yeah. it more because we're involved in it. But it is, look, like those are stories being told and it's either we get some story or we get no story. Yeah, 100%. And, but I just think it's really important that we don't throw the... What's the, what's the Baby saying? Baby out with the bathwater, yeah. is that like, what you're trying to say? There's, there's room for everybody. Yeah, and everyone exactly. needs to be respected in that space. And, you know, these things are going to change. Things are going to change. But so. I think on our, on our podcast, we have people on for a chat. Yeah, it's literally, yeah. they come on for a chat. It's not a hard-hitting news thing. And people, it's really nice. When we actually go to a championship, we have so many people coming up to a chat. The Backstreet Boys. Or <laughs> we had someone on the tram the other day tap, tap Jody in the shoulder and goes, I'm listening to you now. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's cool. Yeah. Little pre-game. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really nice to actually have people come up to you and say this. Because, you know, we're just doing it, throwing it out there. You can see, you know, there's plenty of people listening, but you don't actually know what the, what the response is. Um, so it's, you know, you come here and people actually come up to you and congratulate you and say, oh, I really liked this or I didn't like that. They don't say that much, do they? <laughs> no, they, they, they tend to say they like it. What's not to um, like? What's not to like, exactly. <laughs> but our, our thing is to get people on we just want a nice chat with them you know to get to know them and often it's us with our and you get more people you get more people that way don't you yeah no 100 percent uh so you said you've had the opportunity to have bolt in front of you all the, some of these legends is, are there is there anyone left kind of like on your checklist of like we want that sit down well ours no ours are less about the actual interview we're obsessed with meeting like old stars from the past it's all very well you know meeting a Shakari Richardson or something, but I'm way, way, way more excited to meet an obscure, like, shot put champion from 1972. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Is it just... It's, it's, it's the nerdiness of it, you know? It's like, it's like almost... They're legend. So, uh, he, he, uh, our well. favourite moment at athletics meetings, well, there's, there's two, but we went to the European Championships in 2002 in Munich. And it's in Munich, it's in Germany, right? So we're going there thinking, oh, we might meet some old stars from like GDR, right? <laughs> Who you never expect to meet, you know, you're not going to meet these so, people. But we're there, and this is back in the day when we didn't ever have accreditation, we just got drunk and did whatever we liked. So we're sat, we go and sit next to the VIP section, and we're like literally 
stand looking. We said binoculars sometimes. Yeah, we binoculars. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then we decided we can't get close enough, so we just climbed into the VIP section. And nobody said anything. Yeah. Right. And so there's us, there's Lamine Diak sitting directly behind <laughs> us. The head of World Athletics <laughs> at the time. Yeah. yeah. And we just thought, what, if they want to chuck us out, come and chuck us out. It's not a problem. We don't care. So there's all these women here, and we're like, who are you? And there's this one woman. She was really tall and she had this red leather outfit on. And I was like, you know when you know someone's got to be someone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know who you are. You don't look like anybody that I remember as being like a uh, thrower from East Germany. In the so I just grabbed her thing and who are you? And it was Martin Hellman, who's like the 88 Olympic discus champion. <laughs> you have never seen someone have such a meltdown as me. She thought, uh, she thought we were absolutely crazy. We may have been absolutely crazy. We were absolutely yeah. crazy, yeah. We're like, we're like, so I had photos with her. And then we just go into the VIP and it's everybody. Like all these, it, Ulrich Mayfarth, the 1972 Olympic high jump champions there. Like, Marley's, Marley's girl, yeah. yeah. Like, Diana Gansky. It, like, it was absolute <laughs> heaven. Like heaven. <laughs> Our younger viewers are so confused right now. Yeah. So, so but confused. they were confused. Everyone was confused. But, but it, it was we. And another time was we went to World Athletics Ideal Centenary. Centenary in 2012 in in Barcelona. They had this big centenary dinner, and we, you know, they liked us then, so we got invited. <laughs> we literally going, and it's a sit down dinner. Like, you know, imagine going to the Grammys, right? Yeah, you yeah. go to the Oscars or something. Yeah, and meeting not just famous people now, but like uh, they're dead. But like Michael Jackson and Prince are there. You yeah, know, yeah. that's what it was like. Literally, Betty Cuthbert was there, the 1956 <laughs> Olympic 120 meter champion. Like I, I was, I was so drunk, I was bowing to people. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm doing things like finding Islander Ballas, who's the 64 and 68, no, 60 and 64 Olympic high jump champion, but also Bob, um, um, Beeman? No, uh, a high jumper. Um, Dick Fosbury? Yeah, yes. Dick Fosbury was there. So I'm going, Dick, Dick, come with me. You've got to meet Islander Ballas. So I go, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? The, the best bit was Betty, <laughs> Betty Cuthbert was there. And Betty Cuthbert was the 56, 100, 200, and 64, 64 400, 400 champion, champion, right? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you said before we started that you remember all the old stats better than the new stats. Absolutely. Don't ask me who won anything. Well, this week, I've no clue. But last year, I might be able to name like 10 winners from last year. So Betty Cuthbert's here. We heard Betty Cuthbert was here. Betty Cuthbert um, had um, multiple, sclerosis. multiple sclerosis and was in a wheelchair and comes from Australia. She wasn't going to be there. She's was not she? someone I ever think I'm yeah. ever going to meet Someone in my wildest dreams. Betty Cuthbert's here. Oh my God, Betty Cuthbert's here. <laughs> so we go searching for Betty but Cuthbert. There was a free bar, so yeah. like we were way gone at this and point. We see, we see Betty Cuthbert. She's in a wheelchair with a, with a granddaughter. And we went to a granddaughter. <laughs> Is it okay if we say hello to Betty? She said, Of course you can, and she'd love you to. So I sort of knelt and said, Hi, Betty. Lovely to meet you. Meet my brother. I turn around. My brother is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> He's in a corner crying. <laughs> <laughs> Literally sobbing, absolutely sobbing his heart out in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I literally Amazing. spent half my night going, oh, there's Paula Radcliffe. Oh, there's Ingrid Christensen. There's Rosa Mota. Right, we have to get them all in the photo together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like shepherding people. No, Rosa, no, no, no. Come over here. Ingrid's waiting <laughs> for you. You were so drunk. You were so drunk. You had a great I don't red <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's like the Ellen selfie from the Oscars. Yeah. But it yes, like, it's, it's exactly what it was. the greatest track and field photo. <laughs> Like literally the They must be so confused. So like, confused. Nobody has done this to them in sixty years. No, no one did it sixty years ago. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing about athletes, because athletics it's a big sport in certain places, yeah. but in other places it's not at all. So when they come across people who actually are really big fans of theirs and really know all about them, it's really confusing to these people. Because <laughs> often, you know, they can go about their daily lives. They're not like 
footballers, they're not Beyonce, so they can go about their daily lives until they can, can encounter us two, and we're like, you won the shop in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> Helena Fabinga Rover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would have loved like him. Who was it who ran away from us from like um, multiple championships? Oh, this, um, Fraina Melnick. Fraina Melnick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved if someone would have pulled a prank on you and been like, Jesse Owens is here. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not going to fall for that. <laughs> I would love it. I wish we had like a lineup of old stars <laughs> that we could bring on right now. So has anyone left? I guess. It- well, this week, JJK, we met yeah. for the first time. Oh, and um, Gerardo Tulu's here as well. Yeah. Okay. So literally the first morning we're in the stadium. We're just waiting, like, you know, by just, and a lot of our friends- like the barge, is we? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, a lot of our friends, like a lot of the athletics friends who all go together. So we were standing, I turn around and there's Jackie Joyner Kersey. And I know in America, like she's probably a lot of places, she, I have never even been anywhere in her vicinity before. Like, and there's no one bigger than that. So I was like, Jack, like, <laughs> <laughs> I went running over to her and she's with the, she's here with- um, uh, 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 Adidas. Adidas, Adidas okay. Um, and she's with the lady um, from Adidas. And we went running over and I, I saw her because we went to an event with them the day after and she said, you look like you needed the toilet. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me where the toilet was, and then you went, Jackie! <laughs> but I was wearing Adidas, so she was happy. That's amazing. Um, yeah, but we, so we have to come to a champs, especially when it's in a particular country, you're going to get stars from that country there, you know, and we do spend a lot of time looking you know, around to see who we can see. Um, but it, it, I think this is enjoyable, you know. This is the thing that's often missing from track. It's fun. It should be fun. You know, this is an entertainment spectacle yes. at the end of the day. Sport is entertainment, isn't yeah. it? And so many people take it so seriously. Oh, seriously. It's fun. And you know what? I, I think that that gets lost. And if we put the athletes on the platform as being entertainers, that benefits everyone, yes, right? absolutely. And I don't know. We, we've said this multiple times this week. When we're sitting in the stadium, we're just looking around. We're like, how is this not the most popular sport in the entire uh, world? I, I, I don't understand how <laughs> everyone doesn't love this as much as we do. And, and like... <laughs> so many things 100% I think we we is entertainment sports people have to they have to understand that they're entertainers as well they have to you know we've all interviewed people who give you nothing yeah nothing <laughs> either because Naming no names we all know the ones. We, either because they you know sometimes they're shy they don't have a lot of personality that's understandable sometimes because they've been media trained into within an inch of their life and they're too scared to say anything but and then you've got the other athletes like for example sorry yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely but like um noah lyles yeah great interview right he gets it he gets what he's from our perspective jazz sawyer like brilliant brilliant she's she's like she's always on the pod she always stops to talk to us and she she makes she understands when we ask a question what we're trying to do so she helps us athletes gonna have to do that more but also world athletics i'm a little bit like this championships yeah. they've done a much better job than normal it's just like the way they've introduced things it's been much much better but the way they they don't sell the sport that's the problem it's not they sell it badly they don't sell it it's i don't know like an odd tweet or something is not selling the sport they need I've been saying this for years. They need to get outside someone who's an expert in marketing to do it because it all feels very in-house to me. Because to me, like, track and field is so clean, so clear-cut, you know? It's not really... I mean, there's complicated rules when you get really into the minutiae of it, but, like, on the whole, it's who jumps the highest, who runs... And that is, like, superhero stuff, you know? The fastest person in the world, the strongest person in the world, the, the highest person in the world. All this stuff is should be easily sold you know this person well, every can, continent yeah. of the world this yeah. person can jump over sizes you know, and shapes yeah. to both je- like it's just it's it uh, <laughs> and yeah i don't know why it's so difficult 
something that I think is interesting that you made a good point of. I actually think World Athletics is doing a better and better job every oh, year. Their job. social media team, I think, yeah, does yeah, a really good job and everything. Yeah. But it is really important to have media outlet and totally biased, obviously. But media outlets besides just the major rights holders of like World Athletics or USATF, like those small content creators who can go and make really cool videos that get people excited, reach a new audience. And it's like the more and more people that are creating, the more stories that are being told because there's so many that it's difficult for one brand, one well, company to be able to tell them the, all. The overall thing, the overarching thing they've got to sort out is the Diamond League, which is just a mess, you know, and nobody really understands it quite, do they? Um, it doesn't... It's not consistent on a consistent day. I think that's the single most important One day, thing. it's on a Wednesday. Next week, there's one on a Friday and one on a Sunday. Then there's not one for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's complicated because World Athletics doesn't own, own the Diamond yeah, League. Exactly. And so that's like a huge issue, obviously. And then every single meet is part of the Diamond League, but is independently Independent, run. Yeah. And you so know, there is no... Which has different days that they want to do things, which have different television rights, which has, you know, it's the stadium might not be available. There's all kinds of... I understand it's very complicated. Yeah. But it never used to be this complicated. But I'll say this. Watching two hours of Diamond League television sitting down is now very good. Where do you watch it, though? In the UK, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, you know, yeah. in the UK, usually it's on the BBC. But it might be on BBC One, it's one channel. It might be on BBC Two, it might be on BBC Three. Maybe it's not on terrestrial TV, maybe it's online. Maybe it's not online, maybe it's on iPlayer, which is, like, what? Do you is know it, what it is in the US? It's on Peacock, which is a streaming platform behind a paywall. Yeah. Yes, but at least you know. And, uh, yes, but we, we do have something similar for the, NBC or CNBC sometimes. Yeah, but it's, it's all over. Yeah. We have the Golden League, which is on a pay, behind a paywall. But why some, it can't be someone somewhere must be able to work out how to get it all in one place. I will happily when, pay for it when we if miss, it's all in one place. When we miss them, because we weren't sure it was on, you know, what is the regular view? No, what is the un what's it unregular? What's it? Um, casual? <laughs> casual, thank you. Um, viewer doing, you know? Um, so if they can, and I think at the press conference, like Seb Crow was saying recently, that's one of the main um, priorities for them in going forward is to make sure that everyone knows that Thursday night is Diamond League Light or something like that. That would be like really, cool. really, really amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. What is the best date and time for a track meet? The problem is it's different. In different, different places. Times, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's genuinely the problem. See, oftentimes in the US, it's like during the work day. Yeah. And so it's like nice to have it up on the second laptop while working. <laughs> so why would you put it on during the day? Uh, well, if it's in it's Europe. Oh, so we can watch it you in guys Europe. Watch it oh, got you. Okay. So yeah. ours is often at 12 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Which is an interesting time. <laughs> back back, back in the day, we always used to know in Britain that athletics was on a Friday night. Yeah. And it would get huge, huge viewing figures. Because you knew it was like an appointment television on a Friday night. That's when it was. But of course, that's it's not different, that's not how television works anymore. You don't necessarily watch it live, do you? You know, mm -hmm. you might record it to watch later. You might, um, you know, watch it in pieces on on the website. So it's it's a very tricky you one. Might to learn all the results on Twitter before you ever get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing that's really interesting is, you know, some a lot of races across the board will have paywalls. You don't have to watch it, and then the second the race finishes, you see it on the internet. And it, it, look, I'm appreciative because I want to be able to watch that race again and again. But it is a very different experience when you watch a hundred meter race in twelve seconds. Seconds yeah. versus the, the ten minute build up, the context, the storylines, and all of that, and that's an important part. Some of, of the most nerve wracking moments of my entire life have been the build up to races that I wasn't in. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you guys like at the twenty twelve Olympics? Once we didn't go. Oh, you didn't go. No, just again, it was that. It was that, it was that whole. Um, um, you have to. So this is the, the twenty twelve Olympics specifically was dreadful. A year before. You had to 
enter a lottery and say what level of ticket you were happy to receive. Didn't know what level, what the levels the were, were, or where they. You knew the prices, but you didn't know where the seats were. So, for example, the head, the most expensive tickets, at the bottom near the two hundred meter start, because they thought they were closest to the action, and we're like, that's the worst seat in the entire house. <laughs> <laughs> so we spent a lot of time. Going, I don't. I'm not. And it was hundreds and like it would have been thousands of pounds to buy lots of tickets. So we just said, let's just watch it on TV. We went to some other sports. We went to the closing ceremony. Closing ceremony was amazing. Awesome. I love watching athletics on, on TV. Yeah. I like to know who what the reaction times were. I want to know why Eva Shreboda is suddenly in, got a lane when she didn't have a lane two seconds ago. I want to know all that kind of stuff. So it, They've done a good job here, though, I think, of communicating things. Better than most track meets. Like, we knew, I think, in the stadium that Shreboda had been added I before. Knew she, yeah, no, I knew she had, but I didn't know why. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I, yeah. You know, we need the minutiae. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Seb decided. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm really pleased they did that, and they should do that more. Yeah. I hate when they take things down to a thousand. That's such nonsense. Sense. Yeah, it's um, one centimeter, right? When you have yeah, so. when you have the lane, you might as well yeah, use exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you can run out of and lane. And she ran well. She ran a PB. Yeah, yeah. And did, did you see the reaction of yes. her in the mix zone finding yeah. out? Yeah, it was really. How did you come and run cool. a PB after all of that drama? Um, can you remember the time in your fanhood that you lost your mind the most? Like what? Oh, what yeah, when I'd, did when you did an, explode? Yeah. Christina Horogu. I'm guessing it was 2000. I guess it was 2007 because that was more of a surprise. And I did an involuntary roly poly across my living room. Matt, <laughs> 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 you can't explain that properly, Jay. Oh no! Also, wait. Right, so she she'd had you know she'd missed the test when that whole testing thing had just started. So. Yeah. Um, a very unfortunate situation for her. I don't think anyone thinks it was intentional at all. But um, so she'd missed them. She'd come back and she'd been selected, but she hadn't run. And she ran one race in China. No, so it was in Osaka, wasn't it? So she, it was somewhere in Japan. She'd run once and she ran 50.5. And we saw the result. And we were like, that's interesting. And she was 50 to one. Like, oh, I'll put some money on her. So, <laughs> so she won. I won, I mean, thousand pounds or something and then the next year at the olympics because she because she she's not swans out on the circuit running every time she was 50 to one again i was like she's world champion why is she 50 to one so i did the same again wow. he, he made a fortune <laughs> and that's when he did an involuntary roly-poly across yeah. the middle floor <laughs> oh kevin you remember yours um i mean i felt when cat when KJT won the heptathlon here, I actually fell down the stairs crying, didn't I? That really? Was, really oh. was bad. Uh, my worst one is, and this is this is this is really obscure. Um, in no, two, in two thousand and fourteen, was it? Joe Pavey, oh, was a yeah. British ten thousand meter yeah, runner. Yeah. She won the ten thousand Europeans, and she was like forty. Yeah. Um, I was having a really really bad week at work. I was there in the stadium, but I had this constant going back and forth and back and forth to like have an argument with someone about this and that. And so when she won, I just burst into tears. Um, I think it was half work and half Joe Pavey. Yeah. <laughs> but there's but this hilarious photo picture of me rolling like this, <laughs> which we use quite regularly. Can you remember yours? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, I do remember 2016 Olympics, Wade Van Niekerk breaking the world record. I was just like, I think the first time I'd ever seen like a world record like in person. And Tim Layden, who was uh, my colleague at Sports Illustrated at the time, just like kind of like, grabbed me he was like world record and like shook me and i was like i was like holy crap i was like i gotta tweet if you don't tweet it didn't happen right if we don't tweet that's it. like the whole thing too it's just sort of like for me it's hard to like yeah i enjoy the moment in real life but then it's immediately like you gotta you gotta be on it like so i have to say i feel like i remember things better when i've watched them on television than I do when I'm there. When you're there, they happen and then they're kind of gone you know yeah. Yeah. when it happens on television they happen and then 
you see replays of them and then you go out to the studio to talk about it and then like so it feels like it embeds itself in your brain more than moving straight on to the next I've, I've got to also mention when Merlin Otty won the 293 because you know Merlin she's the bronze queen yeah. um, and she eventually I mean she almost didn't when she stopped running 10 metres before the line I think she had a panic so that was amazing and then there's something I'm sure you've all seen which is when Carsten won the <laughs> yeah, yeah. That race, we were together for that one yeah. and when that one happened, like we had just like a moment where we just like got up out of our seats and we were just like, holy shit. <laughs> and we were like just processing the, all of the results. And so I'm particularly excited for that race here as well. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, World Athletics were, were filming us. I actually we were a few cocktails in as yeah. well. And it was like two in the morning. Yeah. And um, we did go. I mean, what? I, I, to this day, I would never get my head around that. We like, don't speak for about, we're like live on camera, we don't speak for about 35 seconds. We just go, Wah! It's, like it, it just, it's a it, great clip if people find it, did, it, on, it did, on the internet. It still doesn't compute, does it? No. And the fact that they're talking about it potentially being faster this time around, like, I am so excited. I'm still there, speechless. There's still also, I have to say, one. another one we were being filmed totally by chance, wasn't it? We, put, we lucked out um, when we got two golds in the high jump. And... Um, I say we. We didn't get to yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, that's when you know yeah, like you're a great sports fan. It's like when you're referring to you and, and just the team as we. But that's what every other sports every other fan sport. does. It's like, we oh, won, we oh, won. we won, yeah. yeah. But um, Barshem uh, Bar and um, Tamberi got two goals. And just when they said... Can we can we both have a gold or something? And I just burst. it's just just me it's on just camera. Him just crying, just basically. Me crying. That's the story no. of us going to. Oh no, me as well. Yes, both I'm crying. crying. I just keep saying it's so Olympic. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been the same at the World Champs. World no, Champs were no, jumping off. It genuinely wouldn't have because in my head it was like this about the world coming together and everyone being happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Why is it's this not so the most popular Olympic. sport in yeah. the world? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So like. How can we, you know, clone you guys to fill Hayward Field, like, in the near future or something like that? Because I feel like, you know, to the point of just, like, the experience at this meet, at some of the European Diamond Leagues, there's no empty seats. Like, mm. it's a full crowd, like, and we're on this big mission in America to hopefully have some of that. You know, in the lead up to the 28 Olympics, the 28 Olympics will be full because, yeah. like, the it's Olympics. an Olympics. Yeah. But, like, in the meantime, like, how can we make more of you? Or just sort of just, like, what what should we be looking for to tap into new track fans? What I don't understand from an American perspective is you have that, we always call it the NAACP, don't we? The, <laughs> the, the NCAA. NCAA. Yeah. There is nothing, <laughs> there is no equivalent. Yeah, both. <laughs> There's no equivalent around the whole world, you know? And so you have for a chunk of, you know, the young people's lives up until like 21, 22, whenever they leave college, you have these huge rabid fan bases for their team, you know, which is their, the university that the college they go to. And then it fall, just falls away. That doesn't translate after that to people actually watching track itself. Is that, right. is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So, so is, it, is it the team nature of what the, the people are c competing? Yeah. Uh, 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 there's uh, that. There's a school affiliation to it. People just, I feel like, are really invested in their own careers a lot of the time in the NCAA and just like our whole system, and they don't really look outside as much. And how yeah. do you get them interested? But you can sell out stadiums for like college meets, can't you? But bring the whole world sometimes in and a lot of parents. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's not that many general track fans are just flying down to NCAA's just to watch. But there must be some way of capturing. Like in the UK, like 
and I'm in the US as well, but road running is really popular. Yeah. yeah? And there's lots of, um, there's, there's one called The Running Channel or something, which um, Andy yeah, yeah. Baddy, yeah. Um, and we, I was talking to him a, a few weeks ago at night of the 10,000 PBs. And he's like, you know, I put something up about um, a training session. We get hundreds of thousands of views. If I put anything touching on actual athletics, like, you know, this is the world record holder for the 5,000 metres, no one's interested. We have a thing called Park Run in the UK where every, like, by me, three local parks near me, 500 people turn up to run 5K. Every, but, but they know nothing about actual athletics or people who run 5Ks. There must be a way of harnessing, because the, there is an interest out there, yeah. and it's the most basic of sports, right, that everybody does. Everybody's done. Everybody's done it at some point. There must be a way. I don't know what it is. It's not my. This is not my. What I do. But like, there must be a way of harnessing that, of tapping into that. Yeah, that's always been like the target one that like the shoe companies and everyone's like been targeting. Like, we got to connect both of those packs. But then I also think like a lot of the effort should be put towards like the young track athletes who are getting involved in the sports. Like, let's find a way to keep them and also make them aware of like what's going on on the top end. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a battle that we've uh, chosen to take on, uh, <laughs> and it's going to be a long road ahead. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Keep trying. Yeah. Well, uh, Jody and Bayo, I think we've got we've to get to the stadium. We do, soon. don't we? Yeah. We need to get to the stadium, because there might be an old shop putter there, Jody. We need oh, to. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to do this with us, and uh, hopefully, you know, we expose you to some of our American young audience, and... You could find the Backstreet Boys on podcast so players. What, what's that? Uh, yeah, what was what's that? that name? The Backstreet Boys. Yeah, uh, uh, good save. <laughs> I think you slipped up. <laughs> yeah, I think you called the Backstreet for a second. There, <laughs> he, he, won't be, he won't be the you first. You can find both on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> We've got many very famous athletes, like calling us the Backstreet Boys. So. Really? Yeah. So then you guys are on podcast players, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. And it's just the Backstreet Boys podcast on Instagram and, you know, on in all your favorite podcast platforms, wherever you listen to podcasts so, yeah. Um, yeah. and on Twitter as well. I always feel and that. We're doing like every every night we've been dropping a pod every night. Um, just a really Are you going to be our guest tonight? We yeah, need to I grab hope. you for 10 minutes. Yeah, we've got to yeah, figure it out because we've been rushing out of the stadium to get back here to do our post-race show, but uh, I'll stay back this time. Yeah. We'll work something yeah, out. We, like, we, we try and do it all in one take, then I'd have to do any editing. So. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Awesome.